broke first they broke the primitive rhythm music out and and then they started doing the more artistic music. Yeah, but even their pr- the quote unquote primitive music is remarkably like well crafted like it's a different break. level. We are having an earthquake. Allow I to introduce myself. Me put the gay back in reggae, man. And me also love to cook. Oh, oh, shaky wow. town. oh, oh my god, that's so unique. weird. No, 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 it was awesome. That felt like an earthquake. Oh my goodness. Did we? That's still going. Let's let's wow. keep this recording. Yeah, no, no problem. Let's find out. What, why don't you look on a I will, USGS? I, I will look on the USGS. That, it's, it's not major, though. It was going to happen. No, no, it was probably like... High five. <laughs> shaky town. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say if, it's, if it's over a, a three, I would... I don't know, man. I'm, that, that, yeah, was, a, that was terrible. Oh, good. It's my wife said he got my kids. And I almost never, ever feel it. We're looking right now. Um, and this is just going to be an embarrassing thing to edit out if we turn out to be wrong. No, that oh, was an sorry. earthquake, man. Was that was, I, was, I think so. If I it just, wasn't, let's don't release this episode until right after there is an earthquake. <laughs> uh, what time is it? It is 4.55 p.m. on Wednesday, July 7th. 2010. The year we make contact. Uh, 5.7, 2353... We should have taken bets. Twenty-three fifty-two thirty-three in Southern California. Oh. Did you say you saw that there was a? Well, I just saw. I just saw a five point seven in. It might not have registered yet. It's in between Temecula and. No, it's right there. It's it's like in the mm-hmm. desert, like Thank by you. the Salton Sea. So there was just an earthquake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How big? Uh, five point seven, but it's far away. Uh, okay. At twenty twenty twenty-three fifty-three. Wow. wow. We lived up to our name finally. Mm-hmm. Are you recording again? Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Yeah, we're we had to stop it because we had to uh, yeah. assess the damage. So five point seven. We had to, out we had to clean the mess out of our pants. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what. Let's see tweet deck. Let's check. Let's go to the Twitter. Let's go to the Twitter. Do we have any questions? Are we taking any calls? Yeah. Awesome earthquake. Hooray earthquake. Yeah. Holy fucking earthquake. <laughs> Real creative people. Step up from Lizelle. Said earthquake. Everyone's friend Lizelle. I slipped up. And. Uh, I feel the earth move under my feet. Carol King, right? Carol King. Oh, she's so good. She's okay. No, I'm kidding. She's awesome. <laughs> like, when you look back at how many songs she's actually written right. and performed. I think she wrote uh, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, which is a classic. I yeah. Will you still love me tomorrow? During an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, she... she it's it, it's like Bob Odenkirk when you find out like how many awesome Saturday Night Live sketches. Yeah, I mean he wrote, he wrote the he wrote the uh, Chippendale sketch. Yeah, which is oh, did he one of my that? favorite things ever. That's the one thing about Saturday Night Live. I mean, it's been a little more transparent now that I follow people on Twitter and kind of peripherally know some of the writers, yeah. or at least I'm watching out for like Mulaney and people. Like yeah, you yeah you're attuned, but <clears throat> it's kind of like it's almost like the Onion in that it's sort of semi anonymous. What they're doing, right? You know. Yeah, you never really know who wrote what, you yeah. know, until years later when the tell-all books come out. Yeah, right, right, right. 
I, I uh, but I'm with Jesse Thorne that Tales of Fraud and Malfeasance and Railroad Hiring Practices by Jack Handy is, if not the, one of the funniest titles for a sketch, like one of the funniest <laughs> sketches. Was that one of the sketches on the, on the, uh, yes. On the SNL? Yes. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, uh, with, uh, what you call it? Um, oh God. That's totally, I totally lost my train of thought on it. Nope. Railroad Hiring Practices. Hey. Speaking of which, let's go put some barrels on a railroad. Maybe we'll end up in Juvie. What do they call juvie for older people? Oh, that's just jail. <laughs> Adulty. Adulty. <laughs> I think I think that's the I think that's the that's the easy way to get like uh, shiv for your first couple days. So how long have you been an adulty? <laughs> that's, where's the other place? Uh, Chile had that baby right? Haiti and Chile. It's, dude, it's all it's all these disasters. It's in one ear, not the uh, other for me. I'm living on my own path. I'm self I'm self involved. I live in L.A. I don't care about these people. Like a good friend of uh, my wife's, somebody, uh, we went to their wedding. She's from Chile, and I don't remember if the earthquake was right before. It might have been right before her wedding, and her family was trying to get here mm-hmm. for it, and they were fighting with the ICE or whoever handles those kind of right. requests to come in, and they were giving them shit about trying to get over here. For they the thought wedding. they were trying to come over to get away from the earthquake? Like right, yeah. Refugees? You yeah. know what? That's exactly what it was. Um, it worked out. They were able to come for the wedding. but Yeah. Ugh. Our immigration policy in this country sucks, um, and not because we need to keep people out. We need to actually, I think, make it easier for people to get here. But, mm-hmm. but I'm a lefty. <laughs> you just showed your true colors. You just <laughs> alienated all your right-wing audience, and those right. are the ones the big sponsors want. Let's get real here, boys. I have a friend who is a Republican. He's a really great guy, and... Uh, I mean, it's. I know it's hard. I love for those of you uh, who are listening, <laughs> well, he, he is almost he, nearly almost spit, take. spit take. He, he's, a, he's a he's a good guy, and he's a Republican for the right reasons. He's a Republican because he has a lot of money. I, I mean, I, if, if a guy is, if somebody has a lot of money and they're Republican, I can respect that because it's like they're looking out for their own best interests. It's like they they sh- if only rich people were Republicans. They wouldn't have any power. I mean, they should. They're looking after their fortunes. Right. It's the idiots who buy into the uh, let's get political it's the idiots who buy into the crap that the Republican Party feeds them like we're the moral people we're the family values I mean that because they would never win well, the if th- they didn't get those people on the thing yeah. about the Republican Party is it's it's changed in the past 25 years but but a lot of people's view of the Republican Party hasn't changed how do you That's, mean I think that it's there's been a there's been a, a flip on who and I, 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 I smarter people in this have, have oh is there really anybody smarter than Eugene yeah no it's, it's hard to believe um, but there, there was a flip in the seventies, just before the Reagan Revolution, where Republicanism became more. Because remember, it used to be Southern Democrats who were who were racist, right? Dicks, right. You know, it's yeah, like, the Dixiecrats. Yeah, and it's you know, it's like there was a flip that I think a lot of people still think they're. You know, first off, I we hate talking about politics. No, but it's, this is more like a interest. This is interesting culturally, you know. Right, right? it is interesting culturally that there was that flip, yeah. and also I think there's been a homogenization of what we would call red state stuff. Um, and I was talking to a friend of mine about this a, a long time ago, where it used to be small town America was about pickup trucks and country fried rock and hard rock. Norm, you know, everybody listened to it. If, it didn't matter where you were. If you were out in, you know, Palmdale. You know, you yeah. listen to 38 Special and Leonard Skinner. And I mean, you need to, everybody listened to yeah. it. And everybody listened to it. It wasn't just that you drove a pickup and listened to Clint Black. And, right. you know, there's been this weird homogenization. And I think we've gotten, we've gotten to a place where 
political how you identify yourself politically is more important than it, than it ever has been. Uh-huh. You know, I think the factionalization of America only helps everyone in power, and that's Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, and they feed it. I mean, they totally... Oh, totally. They totally we have a two-party it. system. Yeah. Nope, this is why the Naders and the Perot's and, and, you know, Ron Paul's are spoilers. They can never be viable yeah. candidates. Yeah. Right. Because... I fucking hate the Democrats as much as I hate the Republicans. I think... Come on, a little less, a little less. No, in, 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 <laughs> in, in, in principle, in principle, right. the, the power structure that we have in this country is designed to perpetuate power. And just because you have someone who talks a good fight that you prefer, yeah. I hate immigrants. Well, yeah. these people are for me. Oh, I love immigrants. Well, yeah. these people are for me. Whatever the policy, you know, I, I think it still perpetuates... When Bush was going up against Gore in the election... My joke was, which child of privilege beholden to special interests do you want in power? Right. And that's pretty much what it comes down to, Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways. And But there was a difference. I mean, that's the thing. I don't think we would be in the situation. I mean, I, you know, I know it's, it's almost like you don't even want to talk about Bush anymore because it was like we did it so much. And it was like, it's yeah, over. Yeah, Let's yeah. just forget it happened. But it's like, I mean, really, this, this shit that they pulled, I think, if Gore had been president, would not have gone down that way. You know, I think. It, no, probably not. It would have been better. It would have been, you know. It might have been. It might I, mean, have. I don't think we would have done invading of. And that, I think that's the situation with Obama, too. I think Obama, like, I feel like Obama personally, like, I think he's, like, a really great guy. Like, I really get a feeling for him, like, this guy's heart is in the right place. And he's just, he's such a pragmatist that he sort of made a decision to work within the system to right. do as much as he possibly can as a mainstream, viable, democratic candidate for right. president who right. can get elected. And it's like, I feel for the guy, because I think, I think oh, that's he's his whole shit. deal is he's well, just like, only- I'm going to do everything I can, but I... The Onion nailed it. The Onion nailed it with black man gets shittiest job in America. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. It's true. I mean, but the thing that kills me about the political discourse in this country is the housing bubble and economic crisis, while Bush spiked the ball, the Clinton administration set the ball. Oh, yeah. You know, and nobody... Clinton governed as a Republican economically. I mean, he really did. This bullshit of Bush Bush is at the root of every problem... And now Obama's in, so according to the Republicans, he's at the root of that. No, it's a trajectory of, of oh, yeah. 28 years of Republican. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I mean, Clinton was well in line with all the, those policies. Right, he right, would never right. got elected at the time. Right. I mean, we were living in a, 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 a an era of, I mean, that was a Republican era. And it's like, I think oh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're probably turning now. We have to be because we're going to, our country's going to be broke and fucked up for a long time. Oh, well, that's absolutely you know? right. Well, the, and, 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 and anybody who had any sort of... I'm not a math whiz, and I'm not an economics major, but markets cannot go up forever. Right. The amount and people of- really believe they could. Like, I remember... Yeah, plus on a microeconomic level, uh-huh. if you look at how much debt yeah, we are in as yeah. a country, as individuals, as Have you been looking at my finances? <laughs> oh, you're speaking about the big we. <laughs> uh, you know, I, that's why... I mean, that's why people like Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey are so interesting, because they right. talk specifically about that struggle. Well, and they have to talk, and, they, and that's the thing, is, is, is you have to have a person who's willing to do the coloring book version for people. And like I said, I think part of the fact that, part of the fact that I, I'm so stupid with math in a lot of ways, I don't fall into that bullshit, because it, it, when I was little... Here we go. We're going deep here. When I was little in Vegas, the, the Circus Circus, there was a place right next to Circus Circus that uh, was lots of fun. And I think yeah. it's gone now, but 
But they used to have a big sign that said, Lucis Lots of Town, like everybody does. But they were right. 90, 97% payback. And I'm like, stupid math guy. I'm like, so if I give you a dollar, you give me 97 cents back? That makes no fucking sense to me. <laughs> that kind of stuff where it's like, <clears throat> I can't carry a mortgage, so I'm going to get an adjustable rate mortgage, and I can barely pay it With no down now. payment. With no down payment and a huge balloon. And the reason I'm in this house right now is because our landlord, who we were renting the house from, had a stupid balloon mortgage that she couldn't make. And this uh-huh. is before the huge bubble and crash. Yeah. You know, it's like, so <clears throat> we managed to be, we managed to buy this place off of her because she couldn't make the balloon. Yeah. Well, people assume because housing prices, I mean, if housing prices had continued to rise. They're not making any more real estate. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. But, but they kind of are, though, because there's plenty of undeveloped land. That, well, there's plenty of undeveloped land, and, and it's, that's still a fact. Plus, we're going to colonize Mars someday. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've already, I, I think my star that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good investment, my friend. Yeah. Um, what did you name it? I didn't buy a star. Dean Georgia? Because I'm not dumb. Um, <laughs> it's so romantic, though. But yeah, you know, I, I think that's the, you know, it, the unwillingness to face reality. There have been real estate bubbles in the past. There have been speculative bubbles in the past. I mean, you know, the, the, the Great Depression was start, started by stock market crash because yeah. people bought on credit and fucking were stupid. When yeah. you look at the numbers on this one, though, it almost looked like it was designed to fail. It's almost like it was like, we want... This we will get the maximum benefit out of this. I don't know. Fails. I don't know if it was designed to fail so much as the so much as the way. See, okay, this is the thing that nobody knows about finance or nobody thinks about finance is transactions and money between people are just fucking. They're rules that are made up on the fly. Right. People treat these things like they are graven in stone. Right. You know, people are like oh, we gotta go back to the gold standard. It's like what is the gold standard? Right. It's totally either. arbitrary. It's all the, arbitrary. The reason why these instruments fail these mortgage things that they rolled up is because people just made up fucking shit and 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 nobody had heard of it so they were like how, how can you regulate right, something right, that's right, completely right. made up out of cloth yeah, you yeah know? it's just so so that's the thing is it's like you know you on one hand you have these experts who rightly so are going to use the rules to their advantage because that's their job yeah you know it's like oh wow you mean <clears throat> i think this shit's going to tank so i'm going to bet against it and make a bunch of money there's no rule against that. Right. Closing the barn door when the horse is out is fucking, you know, stupid. And, uh, but it's the people in the know who can manipulate that stuff, make bank, and the little people who just think, I'm buying a house, and I can buy a house. And it's a good investment. And it it's a good, good investment. for my family. Yeah, yeah, whatever. They get fucked. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way things go. So, uh, but I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I do, too. I, I think people are a little too optimistic. And I mean, it I'm should, not though. It should, though. Yeah. we got to get... We live in a world where we don't get everything we want all yeah. the time. Yeah. You know? But we should be kind. We should be, that's the thing is, uh, there's a fine line between, like, government should do nothing for anyone, you know, tea party stuff, and, and you know, throw money at the problem, you know, and I'm talking stereotypes here, obviously. But, sure. Um, you know, and that's what I see, that, the, the middle seems to be lacking to me. It, it's rare in this day and age, because it's all about, the ping pong of right, and and that's what a little bit what we were covering in our last show, and um, some discussion I was having on a special thing dot com uh, regarding Jimmy Dore, and somebody came out like, oh, Jimmy Dore is angry. Like, well, yeah, there's passionate people, and they need to 
provoke the conversation and it drags everybody else a little more, you know, left of center or right of center, depending on which side the extreme is on and where you fall on the issue. Right. I just like Jimmy Dore's take on it because I know he's he's super left, but at the same time, it's like he's really just you know, Jimmy 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 Dore is. Uh, I mean, he's very left left wing, but it's like when you listen to him talk, I mean, he's basically just saying this is just fucking common sense, and I mean, it really is. He's just like batting you over the head with. This is common sense. How can you? You can't argue. You, nobody. I don't. I couldn't see anybody ever arguing with him because he's just so right. You know. I mean, he's when he the way he breaks down an issue, I think is brilliant. You know, politically because he's just really just. Well, that's what I think is lacking is common sense. Yeah, and I mean, it's like you can say, but see, this is the thing is, it's like you can say, do you want your money to go support things outside of your own backyard? And that's a common sense issue, right? You know, it's like. Uh, so, so we're going to fare, fare fairly well to politics because we've already solved it. Am I right? Yeah, it's, I think it's common sense that people don't have any of it. Yeah. And, and the two-party system, the way they're set up now, is only – it's only good for, for keeping and, and expanding their own power. And suffice, it, suffice it to say, if you guys need any more tips, anybody in the government needs some more info on how they can make shit run right, feel free to contact us. Right. <laughs> and we will – I think it should be jur- – I think it should be like jury duty. That I you should serve like, as a, in the I government? Think, I, think, I think it'd be just like, like the Israeli fuck army. Fuck, I have to be president. <laughs> so does that mean I'm I trying to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm already kind of figuring out ways to get out of it. Uh, no, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is, but it's. I, I think... I think it's blowing in the wind. I don't know what it is, but I know where it is. <laughs> my friend, I think you're right. <laughs> Eli, you read my fucking mind, man. <laughs> um, it's because you're drinking the same beer. That's right. We're drinking Budweiser, the, the All-American... It's not all American. It's the king. It's the king. We rejected monarchy. Uh, somebody tweeted something the day <laughs> they posted a photo of Miller Miller High Life, and mm-hmm. it says underneath the champagne of beers. <laughs> we were like saying something like something about the, the definition of champagne must have been really shitty back in eighteen oh six or whatever it, when it Miller was. High Life was created. It was. You know, champagne. That is the worst beer. Miller you know, High champagne Life. was really really popular in the U.S. I didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely. Real French champagne. Have, well. I presume a lot of it was from France. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it traveled well, and, and, and it was fancy. I, yeah. I love champagne. I'm such a girl with drinks. I, man, I could drink a mimosa any old time. If I'm giving my druthers, awesome. I can drink a mimosa all day, you know? Yeah. I'm not having champagne. More champagne, Mr. Yeah, Forte? Yeah, why don't we make some mimosas right now? <laughs> I don't have any orange juice. We could start, uh, you know, bouncing around some ideas for Sex in the City 3, which <laughs> I don't think, we'll, I do not think we'll get made. I mean... No, they've already pretty much work? come out and said it. The second be. one didn't do well, and I mean, they're just, they are kind of getting at an age where those antics just will not work anymore, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for, you know, women in their 40s and 50s being Voting. represented in That's where media, they started going downhill. <laughs> but yeah, maybe not necessarily acting like the Sex and the City girls. Yeah, yeah. How about they start dealing with some of the issues? How many women writers are in Sex and the City? I don't know. Isn't the whole premise Probably of that show enough. supposedly that it's like gay dudes? It's like it's like a story it's about four gay, gay guys. Yeah, it's you know, they, they see themselves yeah. in their head. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I like thinking about that. I think that's cool. You like thinking about gay men? Well, I, I think it's kind of brilliant. You know, it's like that's if that's if that really is what it is. That's kind of really neat. You know, I'm not a fan of the show, but it, I I like that the show be, more. That would be that's awesome. True. You know what I would recommend to you guys in our audience right now is if you want to see a story about women and empowerment here we go there's this great movie called the itty bitty titty committee and it's a hardcore leftist feminist lesbian 
film about a group of women who are, you know, gorillas, basically, in Los Harry. Angeles. <laughs> um, you know, and they're, like, you know, vandalizing store displays. Um, I don't want to give away the ending, but they do something awesome with one of our national monuments. Um, Spoiler alert, they cut off Lincoln's penis <laughs> at the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> How much scissoring is in the movie? <laughs> That's what it's really good I give this three scissorings. <laughs> That's Roger Ebert's review. So I've been having some conversations with, with people online in the various dark corners of the internet that I go about um, just portrayals of of marginalized groups in media as far as people of color, of women, of the LGBT community. Like what does the consensus seem to be about, about? There's like a group of, there's one faction who says, hey, we need more than just white dudes represented in media. And then there's this other factions that's like, well, when you say that, you're being racist and sexist against, sexist against white dudes. Uh-huh. Like, no, that's not how it works. Like, if, right. If you but, have, you, but, but, you, but what you are is, is bucking, the, uh, bucking the system economically. Because if anybody Titty Committee is such an awesome film, it would do really well. Right, films. right. I mean, yeah... I, I mean, people. I think whether whether this is whether this is is indicates people's lack of self esteem or mm-hmm. or ingrained uh, uh, you know problems with their own self image. Uh, you know, Sex in the City is going to sell, and anybody to. I, I think all that stuff. I mean, all the issues you're talking about have really been. I mean, have come so far in the last thirty years. I mean, I think everything from like the way gay people are portrayed in the media and women and 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 every because I mean, there's just so many more hours to fill. I mean, we have. I mean, I just feel like... Well, the fact that we're having this debate yeah. openly, I mean, society, not us, we right. should probably be doing this. Yeah, I mean, we should mention it's three straight white dudes at this table. Right, right. <laughs> but I'm a fan of scissoring, as is... Yeah. Um, I like Rufus Wainwright a lot. Yeah? I think he's great. <laughs> he is great. Let's, do you guys like Rufus Wainwright? Have you ever listened to him much? I like uh, Loudon Wainwright's uh, performance on Undeclared. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Sometimes the apple falls from the tree and is even juicier and plumper. He, Rufus Wainwright is a fucking genius, I think. But, but uh, I just I'm not familiar with his work. I need to. You, I don't know. I mean, if you're an indie dude, you might be a little too. Ah, I'm playing my piano. <laughs> I mean, it's a little over the top. It's very theatrical. Yeah. But uh, I, is he gay? Very gay. Well, see, there's the theatrical. Yeah, yeah, there's the theatrical. They're very theatrical, <laughs> the gays. No, but he I think the fact the that we're here. having the fact that we're having this discussion in the open, you know, in society is, is means that we've come a long way from, you know, <laughs> the line from that Saturday Night Live sketch with the Vincent Price, <laughs> uh, the Vincent Price Halloween special. Save your snappy asides for your windowless bars. <laughs> it's like totally dead on. It's like, you know, it's keep that shit undercover and fucking... Yeah. <laughs> I like that line. That's funny. Not to give you too much shit, shit, Gene, but like when you say, well, if that movie were so awesome, it would do better at the box office, that presumes that it had as much opportunity for promotion and yeah, but don't, don't you think that the media the, the media machine operates? The media machine is not actively; it does not have a mind that is conscientiously saying let's let's not market marginal lifestyles. They, they they might have a mind that says certain marginal lifestyles might not be accepted by certain segments of the marketplace, so maybe it doesn't pay us to it doesn't behoove us to put money into you know advertising Bruno in South Carolina or something. Right, maybe, right. but I mean, I think the the media is 
they I don't think there's any morals. I think it's a moral free zone. Oh it's yeah, a, yeah. It's, it's an agenda free free market. zone and that's and that is the right. best. With very few exceptions. With yeah. very few exceptions, it's truly the free market. If the Itty Committee would make a billion dollars, they would market it like a billion dollars. And there'd be a thousand movies just like it. I mean I mean I don't even know anything about this movie, but I mean I just yeah. say saying that like just in the theoretical Yeah. But I mean I do think that like I mean God, I mean women have risen to so many positions in the entertainment industry of you know in sure. Music and writing and d- even directing, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, what's her name? Won an Oscar. Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody at the uh, I went to my very first Oscar party this oh, year. Look at you. <laughs> and we were all Team Bigelow, you know. Team Bigelow, yeah. Yeah. I love I love her son Deuce. <laughs> I love her tea. <laughs> <sighs> I love uh, her cousin Bam Bam. <laughs> that reference is lost on me. Bam Bam Bigelow? That sounds kind of familiar. WWF yeah. Superstar. Oh. Yeah, he was bald, tattooed head, the black... But what year was that? See, I wasn't into it. I, I know it kind of peripherally. Uh, he was definitely 80s wrestler. Um, although he had kind of a resurgence in extreme championship wrestling. Hmm. ECW? ECW, yep. <laughs> that is what they called it? Yeah. That's yeah. a good guess. I'm, am I, I'm the only wrestling fan at the table, right? Uh, again, not a, not a, like, I, I, wrestling to me is like Star Trek. I never was hellishly into They're, it. they're surprisingly like similar. Everybody, everybody yeah. Every, oh, similar. yeah, I have a. Every, but in the, in the 80s, everybody was, watched wrestling. No, like, I was, Hulk dude, I, I, um, I, I was on Jackie Cation's podcast, The Dork Forest, and I talked about my, uh, basically writing wrestling fan fiction it was called efed it was like fantasy football but for wrestling wow you come up with uh you your storylines and yeah, yeah. no slash fiction though no, no 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 i wonder if anybody's ever written any shaky town radio slash fiction oh. brody and gene <laughs> when brody don't, impregnates don't gene. this is this is gonna get edited out <laughs> it's not gonna get edited out <laughs> the first person that does that gets a free t-shirt and then i kill you <laughs> <laughs> Is it just a t-shirt or does it say something on it? No, it'll be a t-shirt. I mean, by that time... <laughs> it'll just be a black t-shirt. It'll be a picture of them beheaded by G. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, <laughs> I think that should be a graphic novel. A very, very, very extremely graphic, graphic novel. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing the next week. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Learning to draw. Thank God for Photoshop. Horrible. <laughs> um... Yeah, I can think of. I can't think of anything worse than that. <laughs> I bet you can't. <laughs> I'm having a hard time coming up with something worse than that. Are you saying that you're better than me? Are you saying you're? I'm. You're. No, like, I think out of my a, league as a concept. I think Shaky Town fan fiction is. <laughs> Listeners, is, you heard it. The challenge is on. Go to the website. You're implying that I'm not good enough for you. No, no, I don't think that's the implication at all. Uh, you're inferring that I'm implying. No, I, uh, I, I well, th- we all know where I stand on fan fiction and slash yeah. fiction and slash fiction in yeah, in particular. <laughs> Don't you just find it so funny though? I mean, I remember the first time I ever found out about it. I st- I kind of stumbled across it, and I can't even remember. It was for some TV show, like right. some. Just I saw something. Who's the boss? Or something. Yeah, it was something completely <laughs> mundane like that, and I just said, <laughs> okay, "What is this?" It's like. Mona. Angela. I think I was actually looking for like a sample script online. Like, oh, I'm looking, you know, like, you know yeah, script like, formatting. Right, right, right. And, you know, it's probably several years ago. And I just found some like mundane fan fiction. And right, I was like, right, right. But it was formatted well. So right. I was like looking it over. I was like, Wait a minute. These two characters are getting it. What the hell is this? Angela stops scissoring Samantha. 
<laughs> Who's the boss around here yeah. already? Yeah. Uh, Who is the boss indeed? Uh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, this, this, uh, I don't know, man. Is this going to be my thing? This might be my thing. Flashback? Yeah. This, this, I just had to bring it up because I just, I just, regular <laughs> rants. I just listened to the, the episode of April, which was, which was. Right, like, right, right, right. Well, I was thinking actually, my, rather than recording this podcast today, I was thinking maybe we should do a commentary track. Because I was enjoying listening to that episode so much. I was like, why don't we just listen to the last episode right. recording? We can just stop at once in a while and provide commentary. Meta. It's meta. So I can get in on the conversation. Well, we're pretty much hitting a lot of the same notes. So <laughs> yeah. we could just probably... That's why it's all fresh in my head. Because I'm also like a huge, huge Smith right. fanatic. Like I went through a period where like, you know, Morrissey was... Probably the most important thing in my life. Like it was yeah. like at the beat. Like when I was a little kid, the Beatles were always all I cared about. Right. Like I just remember discovering the Queen is dead when I was probably like I don't know, maybe thirteen years old, and like I'd heard about it and I bought yeah. it in vinyl because I always bought vinyl in those days. And yeah, I remember putting it on and just being like, "This is the greatest band ever," you know. It's just it really speaks to a certain experience, like being a being a teenager, honestly, but. And not only in the UK, but to US teenagers, it, it, there's a certain pit of emotion and despair, uh-huh, right, and that alienation that you and feel. Yeah, especially if you're I one to be in the one to be in a subculture, <laughs> you know, like whether you're whether you're skate punk or a, a goth kid who's yeah. on a theater tech kid, you know, whatever. Right. You know, it, it just first speaks to a certain alienation, isolation. It was weird though, man, because you know. When I was growing, when I was a kid, this was like right when the Smiths were breaking up, which was so heartbreaking. Just as I was getting into them, and yeah, I mean, I lived in a really small town in the Midwest, and like I literally didn't know anybody else who liked them. Like I was like, you were the dude. I was the only one who even knew who they were. I knew people, and then you know, over the years, you know, getting into other kinds of music, but then, then now, you know, moving to L.A., it's like Morrissey is a god here. I mean, he's their pop. I mean, the Smiths are legendary. Like Mexican people like love the Smiths. It's like it's. A yeah, huge, the Latinos. The Latinos thing is it's like weird. a huge thing, and and yeah. and everybody fetishizes the Smiths. And there's Smiths nights, and there's this, you know, this yeah. April Smiths radio show. And it's like it's almost like I can't believe this is happening. You know, yeah. twenty years later. Yeah. It's, well, I think I think quality will out. In a lot yeah. Of ways, you know? Yeah. And he's just. I mean, Morris. I just think he's a great lyricist. You know, he's the best lyricist. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really good. That's the yeah. I think quality will out, and and and. I don't know, man. I've heard some crazy stories about him, though, because I heard one story where um, a friend of mine was working, a friend of mine who's like works in studios, recording studios, was working, you know, kind of like he'd do some recording stuff. He'd work for the engineer, but then also he'd be the guy who'd go get lunch. Right. And one day, like Morrissey had very specific dietary restrictions, right. and one day, like, he accidentally got a sandwich from Morrissey. Um, I guess maybe it had mail or something. Right. Like, worked out Makes sense. And, and he like apologized profusely to Morrissey because he realized, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he said Morrissey was so sweet. He was like, oh, don't worry. No problem at all. Don't even trouble yourself. But then basically like the next day, the manager completely reamed him, forbade him from ever going to get food. Like it was like this good cop, bad cop routine. You know, I was yeah. like, well, but 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 do you think Morrissey put the bug in there? I do, I do. That was oh, kind of the way it was like presented. Like, yeah, like he's like he won't be the bad guy, but he would. Um, he's a weird dude, man. That's been the that's been the that's been the common thread. For I wouldn't want to meet him because it's just like I, I just I, I I revere him too much, and it's just like I would if I would, saw him, I would run. It would be a come down. Yeah, it's inevitable when you meet people that are dicks, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been pretty lucky. I met. Like the dudes from Bad Religion, which uh-huh. was a, a really influential group for me growing up, and they were all cool. Um, when I worked 
for Miles' proposal, the the comedy group in the magazine, and interviewing like Bob Odenkirk and um, Paula Tompkins and Matt Besser. They were all super cool. Um, but yeah, the, and even my interactions with Henry Rollins have been brief, but fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's certain people like Morrissey and steer and, clear. Yeah, yeah, and, well, and and David Cross was a little prickly. He well, he seems like cool. he's like that. He's a little of a prickly guy. You'd expect it almost. I yeah. always said like from, and I very very rarely ever violate this, but I was always like, I don't, there's very few people I'd really be a big enough fan of to like. If I, I don't, just don't want to talk to them. The one person for me always was Quentin Tarantino because I'm a huge Tarantino oh, yeah. fan. And I was like, if I ever see him walking around, I just I gotta go talk to him because sure. I just gotta go. What's up with the foot fetish, dude? That's <laughs> I just think his movies are brilliant. I just think they he put so much time into them, and and I'm I don't really know all the film nerdy stuff that he, you know, is referencing. I just think that I really think he's just a great filmmaker and a great writer, and I think that his his shit is deeper than people give it credit for too. Like I, like with Kill Bill, for instance, I feel like the whole movie. For all the bells and whistles and fight scenes, like this whole epic thing is really about motherhood. You know, it's beautiful tribute to women. You know, <laughs> and that's in there too. But it's like this beautiful tri- tribute to to, to I the, can't divorce being a woman. Myself you know? from, I can't divorce myself from the fact that he's a creepy video store dude. That's that's really, <laughs> honestly, honestly, seriously, that's about ninety percent of my problem with him. I think a lot of his stuff is derivative, but but I mean, it's intentionally derivative. He, he acknowledges it. I mean, I, it's no, not, I get that. It's pastiche, but yeah, but I but. Like I said, I can't divorce myself from that. And as a former creepy video store dude myself, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking. But don't about. you think it's a, the thing with, with prestige? I mean, you if that using that concept, there's a, I think you can transcend your influences. I think that and I think that happens a lot. I mean, like no, sampling I think, in music, where people fact, take a sample from a song, and you're like, oh, they just ripped off that song. Well, but then you listen to it, it's like, well, they did something really cool with that. You let's know? use the Gus Van Sant Psycho as the negative example. Exactly, he that's just the most remade. Yeah. Shot for that shot. was the stupidest thing. Why would well, you do as that? an exercise, again, it's the Cubist thing. I it's a very expensive what, exercise. I get what you're saying. You're, you're, remaking, you're remaking the movie shot for shot to see if it's as good as the you original. Know, and, I mean, they did that with Funny Games. There was a Swedish version, and then there was an English-speaking American version. Same director, different right. cast, right. different and, language. And um, also, uh, Insomnia. Yeah. That yeah. was a remake. Yeah. Christopher so it was Nolan, a remake. Right? Like yeah, the, from, yeah, um... Uh, Nolan did the version with Pacino. Pacino and Robin Williams. And uh, it was Stellan Sarsgaard and something. You know, it's his, I think it's his son who's on True Blood. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Eric. Um, Eric and Mike. Did you guys ever see the, uh, (laughs) in his collection of tank tops? (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, the original version of Vanilla Sky, which was also, it was a Spanish movie. Oh, I saw it before Vanilla Sky. I love Vanilla it. Sky? It's Vanilla, Vanilla, Vanilla. Sky. Vanilla yeah, Sky. Vanilla. Penelope Cruz was in both movies, but in the original, she was in the other role. She was okay. in the Cameron Diaz role. It was, it's cool. I saw it, like, just on, I don't know, recommendation before Vanilla Sky ever came out. I was like, this movie is fucking awesome. And yeah. then he ruined it. I don't know. I kind of liked Vanilla Sky. I mean, it was I, I didn't, I haven't seen enough. Almost, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a task at hand to follow up Almost Famous. Was that what it was for, for CC? I think it was. I yeah. think that Vanilla Sky was the I love this music Almost factory. Famous. And Almost Famous, I think, is the best movie he's ever made. His what? CC. <laughs> you know, I wonder if the, the, the guys who work, <laughs> the guys at CC Music Factory, did they get benefits? <laughs> well, they're union. They're, they're union. union. Dude, some of them didn't even get credit. Wow. Like, there was people singing and other people pretending to be. Oh, like, I do remember like, that. Yeah. situation. Yeah. 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 It was the fat broad that did it. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, 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 Quentin Tarantino creeps me out. Skeeves yeah. me out. 
I'm sorry to hear that. It's all right. Well, it, it gelled for me. Actually, my buddy and I were watching From Dust Till Dawn for like the 40th time. And, mm-hmm. See, look and, at you. You're watching his movies, but... Well, that's Robert Rodriguez, too. That's right. But but the whole scene with him, uh, with Salma Hayek pouring the booze down her leg uh-huh. and drinking it off her foot, I just, you know, we were talking about it, and I totally had that flash of, hey, hey, Rob, I got a great idea for the scene. Um, okay, so she's going to come up, and she's going to get up on the table, and um, then she's going to pour the booze down her leg, and I'm going to lick it off her foot. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? You know, and Rob yeah, He definitely like, wrote that in. <laughs> totally. You, I mean, it's like, it was like, it was like, it, I, it come to me in a dream. You know, wow. and it was like, I totally, forgot about and that. And that moment, I was like... And then when do you do you admire out, him for that or do you? I mean, that's the thing. It's like it it's makes like, wow, my it makes my scalp <laughs> it makes my scalp tickle. It was yeah. it's so it's just like so like the I had that moment where it's like I connected with Quentin Tarantino's id and I recoiled. <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting the two tongue on the nine volt battery. It's totally like yeah yeah yeah. But the, but and then and then I was like totally like because my buddy and I were bouncing ideas off each other about it and it was like yeah. That's Wiggy. And then Kill Bill came out, and it was like this, when she's in the car trying to move her foot, and it's like that long, lingering shot of Uma Thurman's foul-ass feet. Well, there's something in every movie. I mean, I feel at this point it's almost like, it's like almost a joke. It's like he has to put something in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a little nod to the hardcore fans. But I just, all that's, all, to me, that's got all that stuff. I totally acknowledge it. It's like, but it's like bells and whistles. I just feel like, at his heart, he's like really, just knows how to make entertaining, compelling Films and yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of Grindhouse, but I mean it was it was what it was. But like, I'm glad Inglorious Bastards like had commercial success because I felt like he kind of yeah. needed he needed to have a big a big hit that people kind of agree yeah, on. And it was know. a decent war movie. Yeah, that's the thing. It was fun to watch. I mean, it's just yeah. it just enjoyed watching, watching it. Yeah, you can't. And it's off. fun. You, know, you laughed. It. You got it was exciting. Plus, with the white people, you can kill with impunity. Right. <laughs> it's a movie where that I I have to go back and rewatch it now, and like I've my opinion has changes about it the more I think about it. Really? I mean, it's really... I haven't... I, I You know, I haven't... Um, I've only seen it like one and a half times and I right. didn't see it on the big screen. But there were some touches in it that I was really impressed with. Yeah. You know? And some of it, it's like, you know, the Tarantino-esque things that, you know, have kind of overstayed their welcome. But I, I, I think he's okay. I just, like I said, I, I have a problem with it. I have a right. problem with it. Cause yeah, you have a roadblock. I do have a roadblock. I do have a roadblock. And it prevents me from enjoying it for what they are. Yeah. It, it always brings me back to that place of... Yeah. So in other words, if you see him on the street, you're not going to run up to him and... I will say, what's him. with the foot fetish, dude? It's creepy. <laughs> it's fucking creepy. It creeps me out. Yeah. I probably wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'd be like, big fan of your Yeah, that's, that's the thing you always say. Big fan, big fan. Can't remember quite what your name is, but I saw you on a show, so I'm going to tell you I'm a big fan. You know, celebrities just get so excited. Hey, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Don't know who you are, but I know you're somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, it's funny that the, the Larry Drake came up previously because I saw Larry Drake. Who's Larry Drake? Uh, Larry Drake played Benny on LA Law. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dr. Dr. Giggles. Yeah. Because um, uh, I, I did see him in at like Coco's in Beverly Hills years ago, and I was like, loved you in Dark Man. <laughs> and I did, I did. He was yeah. he had a great, great movie. But yeah, I, we talked about this before. I, I just don't. don't Have you ever read any Darkman slash fiction? <laughs> you know, I. I wonder if it, I bet. I bet you some exists. I bet you some exists. Who would he be? Uh, or must be Larry the Larry Drake. <laughs> His nemesis. I've never seen Darkman, but I can only imagine. Really? No, I. I remember. It's I not know. bad. 
Yeah. People people kind of pan it. But Who's your favorite Dark Man? Liam Neeson or Arnold Vosloo? Why were there two? Was there a sequel? Yeah, there was yeah. a Dark Man two and three still dark. Of, uh, die Dark Man die. Was there three? Yeah. And they were all Raimi approved. No, I, kid I, tested. I, I didn't Raimi see, approved. I haven't, seen any, I haven't seen any of his works. Yeah. Um. I mean, they're direct to video. They were, you yeah, know. That's probably why I didn't see it. I don't. I don't watch direct video productions. <laughs> well, no, because I didn't rent a lot of videos. Right. I was Plus, you know, if somebody's direct video, it's it's like it's like a birth defect. It's shite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the flipper baby. <laughs> <laughs> why is why is it direct video? Let's put the that. Let's well, put the cat. I play with the other kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're the penguin. <laughs> oh, <my> <laughs> that's like the new euphemism for like uh, disabled. It's like he's straight to video. <laughs> <laughs> Danny DeVito was good as the penguin. I have to say. You can subscribe to Shaky Town Radio on iTunes. Simply search for Shaky Town Radio. You can visit our constantly updated blog at shakytownradio.com. Our Facebook fan page link can be found there, or you can simply go to facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Our Twitter address is at shakytownradio. Our email address is shakytownradio at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail at 6666-SHAKE or 6666-74253. That's the same number. So, Eli, tell us about some upcoming projects, things we should be uh, out. I uh, just I'm going to be playing around town a lot. I've, I kind of made the transition from where I used to do. You know, I do comedy music, perform live, just me and a guitar. And um, for a while there, I was just doing a lot of full length shows, like 40 minutes. And right. I kind of wanted to get into the comedy scene more. So I've started doing, you know, short sets at comedy nights and comedy clubs and what whatnot, and uh, just to get in front of new people. You know, it's it's, it's kind of lame to only get to play for seven to ten minutes, but. Uh, you know, I'm playing in front of new people who've never seen me before. That's yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, but I'll, I'll also my album will come out eventually on New Wave uh, Dynamics. It's, it's good. I give you guys a little sample. This is some of the shit that we Yeah, I'm excited to hear this. It's, you should be. It's very good. So what cut should we uh, put on here for um, sample? You know, this song, My Kid, is is pretty cool. It's kind of like a... It's kind of like a an old school rap thing where it's like I'm bragging about how awesome my kid is and how horrible your kid is. Oh, yeah, is. yeah, yeah. I, I saw the video. Yeah, so I actually I did a new version of it, which I think is a little bit more sophisticated. It's more of a funk song now rather than a Boom. rap. It's like uh, it's kind of like a Bee Gees late 70s Got it. funk cool. thing. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I gave it a little once over. It's, it's cool. The, that's the one we'll play for the show. Cool. Yeah, I hope yeah. you like it. You're it's very vulgar. Good. Uh, Where's the best place on the web for people to find out? Um, EliBraden.com, E-L-I-B-R-A-D-E-N.com. And you're on yeah. iTunes for the moment. I'm on iTunes for the moment, yeah, and I will be in the table future. So, so if you want to pick up uh, his stuff before it goes buck wild. Before it goes corporate. Yeah, before um, you sell out. Yeah. <laughs> bitch. Before you're not allowed to play to Gilman anymore. Yeah, right. I know, right? <laughs> oh, don't tell Gilman about this, please. Um, also, follow me on Twitter. That's... Eli yeah, Braden. I can't Twitter. recommend enough. Like you I can try, I can. You can try. I, I think I have. <laughs> Gene, you're too kind. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, that's the show. Um, awesome. Glad to have we you. survived the earthquake. Yeah, we survived an earthquake. Um, you know, it's been fabulous, dude. Yeah, thank oh, you guys so much you. for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Until next time, I'm Brody Foster Hubbard, and I'm Gene George, and I'm Eli Braden. On the podcast. Laters.
myself in his stroller. Your kid diagnosed bipolar. My kid steps on his own dick. Your kid hung like a candle wick. My kid walked at six months old. Your kid wear clothes goodwill sold. My kid used his dick like a tripod. Your kid got creed on his iPod. My kid straight A's. Your kid shit for brains. My kid sippy cup is full of white Russian. Your kid used a pre-slap as a cushion. Cried like a bitch when he was born. My kid, probably chained him up for. Your kid still taking dumps on the flower. My kid eat meat that's lean. Your kid vegan need protein. My kid, Wolfgang Van Halen. Your kid, Bristol Palin. My kid got blown by Hannah Montana. Your kid got brought cold from Santa. It's time that we let the world know. Town intro take two. two. Coming up, we talk about erotic fiction. We talk about scissoring. We talk about Quentin Tarantino's foot fetish. We talk about scissoring. <laughs> Am I going to kill you if I do this? <laughs> we talk about Devo. <laughs> Now I'm going to kill myself if I do it. All right, hang on a second.